Welcome to Better Animal Handling, episode 152. From the center of Missouri, USA, I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog, and clawing her way to fame co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on the debate on declawing cats. Our topics for this week are the risk of of cat scratch disease, the risk of relinquishing house cats, and declawing options. Approximately 20,000 people in the United States are diagnosed with cat scratch disease, which is also called Bartonellosis, each year. In most cases, the disease starts as a bite, scratch, or other break in the skin that has been contaminated by cat saliva or cat flea feces to not heal at a normal rate. The regional lymph nodes that filter the body fluids from the skin wound, which are generally in the armpit or the neck, become swollen and tender. There's muscle aches, lack of appetite, and joint pain that may occur. In about 90% of infected people, the disease gradually goes away over several weeks. The disease is much more serious in an estimated 10% of those infected. In some victims, particularly children 5 to 9 years old, women over 60 years of age, and people on drugs or with diseases that suppress their immunity, the swollen lymph nodes can become overwhelmed and the infected material form a tract to the surface of the skin and drain. The bacteria can also spread throughout the body and cause infections anywhere, including the brain. The inner lining of the heart, the endocardium, is especially susceptible. The death rate in people who have Bartonellosis endocarditis is particularly high. Cat scratch disease was recognized and named in 1931, but the bacteria was not identified until 1988. The name came from a clear association in 1931 with cats and scratches. More recently, cat fleas and their feces have been recognized as another means of transmission. About 40% of cats, particularly kittens, will get bartonellosis. None show any signs of disease. The organism may stay in the cat's bloodstream and body fluids for two years. Prevention efforts are basically avoiding any combination of skin wounds, cat saliva, and fleas. Cats play and defend themselves first with their paws. Claws can cause scratches and be contaminated with dry saliva or flea feces. Declawing cats can be a reasonable means to reduce their exposure to cat scratch disease. 
However, many people are discouraged from having a cat declawed because of poor surgical technique and the risks of complications. There are three ways to declaw cats. The guillotine method with nail trimmers, the scalpel method, and laser surgery. The most crude method is the guillotine method, and it has the highest rate of complications. This used to be the primary method of declawing in veterinary colleges. The scalpel method has less problems, and the laser method provides the best results and lowest complications. The outcome of these is highly dependent on a surgeon who is experienced in the technique being used. Cats kept indoors that are not declawed are more likely to be relinquished or abandoned because of wounds to handlers and destruction to furniture, heirloom, quilts, and etc. Cats with claws can easily injure other cats and dogs. Injuries to the eyes of dogs with cat claws are not unusual. Physical injuries to the skin of the elderly is easy with cat's claws. Elderly skin is thin and with little elasticity. And many older people are on anticoagulants, which are blood thinners, that can lead to significant bleeding from otherwise minor scratches. There are other options to declawing. You can train cats to use a scratching post, and if successful, it could save your furniture. But it does not reduce the risk of your skin being scratched. You can glue soft plastic caps on the nails, but they have to be reapplied in four to six weeks when they fall off. Damage to furniture and scratches can occur between the times that the caps fall off and when new ones are applied. Applying the caps may put the handler at increased risk of being scratched. Trimming the nails once a week temporarily reduces the risk of furniture damage, but the procedure of Trimming the nails can put the handler at increased risk of being scratched and even being bitten. All the alternatives are temporary, but cats often live to be 15 to 20 years old. There's no assurance that if the primary owner is no longer able or willing to continue the trimming or gluing of caps on the nails, that someone else will do it. Declawing is permanent. I have an indoor cat and a barn cat. My indoor cat, Todd, is declawed because I want to protect my family and visitors from the risk of cat scratch disease, our dogs from eye injuries, and our furniture from destruction so that Todd has a forever home. Todd was declawed by an experienced surgeon using laser technique. There are no short-term or long-term complications. Our hard-working barn cat is not declawed. Most of my life, I've had an indoor cat. Every house cat has been declawed. None has had any problems from the declawing. None has ever damaged furniture, been relinquished, or caused cat scratch disease. There are cities in California that ban declaws, and in 2019, they were banned in the state of New York. Now they're banned in St. Louis, Missouri. The American Association of Feline Practitioners now strongly discourages declaws. 
Yes, there are veterinary surgeons who do a bad job of declawing cats. But there's also those who do a bad job at spays and neuters. However, no one's trying to pass laws to prevent all veterinary surgeons from ever doing any spays or neuters. There should be no bans on medical procedures considered beneficial to an animal's welfare by the owner and their veterinarian. The answer to whether cats should be declawed should vary with the situation. Some cats should be declawed by the best method available to protect them and their handlers. Other cats should not be declawed. Absolutely no cat should be declawed by an inexperienced or otherwise inept surgeon. If you have comments or are interested in particular animal handling subjects, contact us at cbc at betteranimalhandling.com. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Cat scratch disease bacteria is common in young cats. Cat scratch disease can be life-threatening to children, the elderly, and immune-compromised individuals. Surgical expertise in declawing varies with the surgeon and with the technique used. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling can be found in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press, and available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. My new spiral-bound handbook, Concise Textbook of Small Animal Handling, was recently published and can be found on Amazon as well as from other book supply sources. Additional information is provided at betteranimalhandling.com. This website has more than 150 past podcasts with notes on handling of dogs, cats, other small mammals, birds, reptiles, horses, cattle, small ruminants, swine, and poultry. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about comparison of the behaviors of horses, donkeys, mules, and hennies. Hey, Abby, you and Todd are good buddies. Did declawing have anything to do with that? Uh, She said he finally quit shredding the drapes in her crate. (laughs) 